Welcome to the Eastside Church Podcast. We're a community-driven church based in Charlotte, North Carolina, and invite you to join us on Sundays at 9 or 11 a.m. For more information, visit our website, eastsidechurch.co. If you got your Bibles, open with me to Matthew chapter 5, verse 17 through 48. I kind of want to I've got to piggyback on this right here, so I'm changing everything as we speak right this minute. Um, Don Potter at our worship retreat, he kind of got everybody all stirred up by saying one quick line. How people mess up when they read the Bible is they try to make the New Testament law. And everybody's head in the room turned around and looked at me, and he's, is he saying that it's not? And, and then I realized we have an issue. Everybody's looking at the New Testament as if it's law. And, that, and, so, and so let me just quickly say that God gave us the Old Testament, which is the And then he gave us a new covenant of grace. It's a, it's a grace covenant. It is a power covenant so that we can achieve the Right? So he didn't give us a new law. It's not the new law. It's not an expanded law. Right? What it is, though, is is without error, it's perfect. It is an explanation of the heart of God about the law. He expands on it. He gives you information. He, he shows you the way. He tells stories. He confronts churches. He confronts people. He confronts the religious leaders. He does all these things so that we can begin to know the heart of God. How many of you know and believe that what you reap, you will sow? Right? So, so is the New Testament, is it, is it law? Absolutely not. If you'll stop reading it as law, it'll change your world. It'll rock your world. Let me just, let me just hit a few things real quickly as we talk about this, and then I'm going to move that into evangelism, which is what we're talking about today. <clears throat> with the whole idea of, of divorce and remarriage, with the whole idea of can, can a Christian drink? Man, you have a lot of people who are very dogmatic about whether a Christian can drink or not. Jesus said through his word in the New Testament that some are free to drink and free to eat whatever they want, and some are not. If you're free, then eat as unto the Lord. If you're not, then do it as unto the Lord. In other words, he's more worried about your heart to please him and to follow him than anything else. The New Testament is written in a way so that you can follow the Lord, not so that you can have a license to sin. It's so that you can follow Christ, so you know the heart of God. Listen, when even with the law... It's not given to you and me to say to you and me, here's what you do, I don't have to adhere to the law. 
what God is doing, even with the law, is showing you his nature and character so that you could align with him. And where you didn't align or where you don't agree with him, he provided this sacrifice where he, or, or ritual where you would make an atonement for your sin. And he knew that even with that atonement and that walking out, you wouldn't have the power not to sin anymore. But he said about the new covenant, there's going to be a grace that will come upon you, a power that will come upon you. I'm going to fill you with the Holy Spirit. It's going to lead you into all truth. It's to your advantage when it comes because it can empower you no longer to submit yourself to sin. And let me show you and tell you how it works. Now, there are some controversial issues like divorce and remarriage. Controversial issues like, do, can women preach? All this is in, in the New Testament. Well, if they can't preach, we have messed up today because we've had several women come up front and speak to men. And the, and the word that is mentioned in Scripture says it's a shame for a woman to speak in church. Do you really believe that that is a law that says women can't speak in church? Or do you think there might be an authority issue, a family issue? Do you think that the problem might be a lot deeper than a woman speaking in church? I mean, if you read all these things that are going on in the Corinthian church... You see that it's not just about a woman speaking in church. There is a authority problem in the family. And, they, and you can give credit for a lot of things that's going on culturally at the time, but Paul is dealing with a lot of different stuff. And I'm just going to tell you, you're going to uncover more and more stuff that it is dealing with in the family unit with authority, with authority in public places, all those things, what happens in the church, it's going to deal with a lot of different things as you read it. But what it's not going to deal with is whether God is a God that can bring leadership to a woman or anoint her to have a communication gift. And it's not going to deal with those things. It's dealing with a whole different thing, but if you make it law, then what it says is, if a woman speaks in a church, it's a shame. Well, every woman in the place has spoken in church today. So if we don't, if it's not law, can it be without error? Of course it can. Because it is intended to accomplish something. It's intended to reveal the nature and character of God. It's intended to show us how to respond to him. And it says about, Jesus said this, when I send the Holy Spirit, it's at your advantage. It's going to convict you. It's going to show you what's in darkness and what's in light. It's going to walk you through the process. If you'll surrender and submit to it, all these issues will be revealed to you. As you go, it's about relationship with him. Look, let's look at this passage of Scripture. Matthew chapter 5, verse 17. Matthew chapter 5, verse 17. I'm going to go ahead and go to it in my Bible as well.
Jesus is speaking. And he says, do not think that I came to destroy the law or the prophets. I did not come to destroy, but to fulfill. Jesus came to be the law. He came to be the law, to fulfill everything that it prophesies the Messiah was going to do and be. And then he begins to give you more information. He doesn't begin to give you more law. What he begins to do is tell you what God's heart was on the law. Now, I really want you to see this. Jesus is saying, let me, let me reveal to you. Let me shine light on this subject. You've got this closed-mindedness. You've got this legalistic, religious approach going at this thing. Let me help you. Don't think that I came to destroy the law of the prophets. I didn't come to do that. I came to fulfill it. For surely I'd say to you, till heaven and earth pass away, not one punctuation mark, not one letter or punctuation mark will by no means pass from the law till it's all fulfilled. It still hadn't all been fulfilled. The second coming still coming. Whoever therefore breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches men to do so shall be called least in the kingdom. They're still in it. But whoever does and teaches, whoever does and teaches them, he shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I say to you that unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. In other words, these are people that are, that are dogmatic about the law, and they have missed the heart of the law, and Jesus is dealing with that. He said, listen, the law's about relationship. The law is pointing to me. The law is showing you what I came to do. The law is showing you that when, when I come, there's going to be an open veil. You're going to be able to have relationship. You're going to be able to understand the heart and the nature of our God like never before when I pour out my spirit on you. And it's going to teach you about me. And then Jesus says this. You've heard it said that those of old, by those of old, you shall not murder. That's the law, right? And whoever murders will be in danger of judgment. But I say to you, whoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. What he's saying with that is, you've got this image, this, this narrow-minded, legalistic image of what murder is. Let me explain the heart of God about murder. If you've got something in your heart against somebody else without a cause, that's murder. He expands the definition. He shows you the heart of God. That's what the New Testament is all about. It's not to take away the law. It's to show you the heart of God about the law. Let's keep reading. But I say to you, Whoever's angry with his brother is in danger of judgment. And whoever says to his brother, Raka, shall be in danger of counsel. But whoever says, you fool, shall be in danger of hell fire. Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar, altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, can you see that Jesus is dealing with your heart? Then leave your gift 
right there at the altar and go your way. First be reconciled to your brother and then come offer your gift. He's saying here, your heart needs to be dealt with. This is not about law. This is about your heart. The law was written so that your heart would be made righteous. Agree with your adversary quickly while you are on the way with him, lest your adversary deliver you to the judge, and judge hand you over to the officer, and you be thrown in prison. Assuredly, I say to you, you will by no means get out of there till you have paid the last penny. And then he does it again. Guys, listen, listen, listen. This is the word of God. You ready? I shouldn't just say guys. Girls, you have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not commit adultery. That's the law, right? You with me? That's Moses. But I say to you that whoever looks at a woman to lust for her has already committed adultery, adultery within his heart. What's he saying? He's saying God established this adultery problem as a heart issue. And I'm telling you, if you look at a woman with lust in your heart, you've committed adultery. He's, what, what, what's, is he tr he's, he's broadening it. Well, he is broadening, broadening that particular person who is guilty, but he's showing you why God made the law. He made the law because our hearts were unrighteous. Because our hearts were not pure. So he showed us how our hearts were impure. And then, and then we begin to make it religious and legal and say, I'm not going to do that. You know, that's what this says. And we get really dogmatic about it. And, we come, and God says, no, 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 you're missing it. This is relationship. This is the condition of your heart. This is, this is what you desire. This is whether you really agree with me or not. Whether you come into agreement with me or not. You see, because I don't, I don't look at women that way. I'm just showing you how I don't look at women. I didn't create them for that. I created them for something else, and you're missing it. You're trying to do this with, with, with the legalistic thing, and I'm telling you, that's not why I did it. I did it because you're perverting what I created. But I say to you, whoever looks at a woman with lust already committed adultery in his heart, if your right eye causes you to sin, pluck it out and cast it from you. For it is more profitable for you that one of your members perish than for your whole body to be cast into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and cast it from you. For it is more profitable for you that one of your members perish than for your whole body to be cast into hell. Now, what he is saying with that is, should you care? Well, if that is, I'm telling you, I would look for other ways to get success than tear out my eyeball. Is that law? Is that law? It's not law. But there is action required. What he's saying is, if your heart condition is correct, you've got to move from where you're at. And I don't care what it takes. There's some that need to cut off a phone. Some of you guys need to go to a flip phone. 
I'm telling you right now, you need to go to a flip phone or cut off your right hand. Because you're in danger of hell. He said, you've got to move. If you're in me, you've got to move. You can't be staying in the same place. If your heart is really for me, it's not about the sentence. It's about the relationship. And let me expand the heart of God in your life and show you where you're missing the mark. He's saying to you and me that the Spirit of God is going to come upon us and reveal all truth so that you can begin to walk in purity and holiness and righteousness and victory forever and ever. You can do it. Why? Because great grace is upon you. You've got a new covenant. Amen. Is that making sense? Man, I get so fired up about the difference between legalism and religion and grace that empowers you to succeed. It empowers you to have victory. You no longer have to be defeated. And the only way you are defeated is if you don't see the heart of God or you refuse to align yourself with him. And let me just say that if you refuse to align yourself with God, first of all, you, you're going to reap that refusal to align yourself with God. You're going to reap whatever that looks like. Secondly, if you have a lifestyle of refusing to align yourself with God, you might not be a child of God at all. I don't know. He knows. I'm not the judge. He is. But that's a scary place. That's a scary place for me. I don't want to be there. I don't want to be there. I want to see where my heart is straying and be aligned with it. Well, how do you do that? Well, there's only one way. That's the presence of God. That, that is coming into agreement with God. That is through prayer and fasting. And, and that demonic force which would have you go contrary to the will and the ways of God, to align yourself with worldly ways and thoughts, that whole demonic force that is trying to get you and come against everything that God says, and you agree with that, that hellish force, I wouldn't want to reap what that brings. I, I want to reap the kingdom. I want to reap good. I want to reap the destiny God has for me. I want, even when hellish forces come after me, I want to submit my life to God so that I can see how he wants me to speak and act and move so that the kingdom can be brought in the midst of it. And if you'll read this passage, there's so much of it, and I don't have any time, that that's all he does. You say this, but I tell you this. You say this, and I'll tell you this. Here's the heart of God on the matter, and here's the heart of God on salvation. There, I, I listen to David Platt and how it ties together. How we look at Scripture, whether it's legalist, whether it's this law, whether this religious thing, or whether it's by grace, which is aligned with God, which is agreement with God. We come and we, the, the biggest lie in the church is, is this legalistic law 
attitude toward, toward the New Testament that says, all you've got to do is confess your sin and ask Jesus into your heart and you'll be saved. Well, where's that in Scripture? It's not even in Scripture. Ever. Where'd we get it? Somebody made it up. And the churches started doing it. And now we got people all over the place who think they've given their heart to God when God never asked them to do that. God said, believe and you'll be saved. Believe what? Believe I am God. Believe I, I paid a new price. Believe that you have to realize I'm God, call me God, align yourself with me, and follow me. And when you are a disciple of God, you'll want to be a minister of God. You'll want to align yourself with God. You'll want to be changed by God. You'll want to see the fruit of the Spirit happen. You won't need legalism. You, you won't need to, to just look at the law and say, that's do's and don'ts. You want to say about yourself, my heart wants to align with the heart of God. And, and the heart of God, based on this New Testament story, based on what's going on at the church of Corinth, or based on what James writes, or what John writes, or what Peter writes, based on these things that are happening in this, the Holy Spirit has revealed to me, this is the nature and the heart of God. And if that's the nature and the heart of God, I want to align with that. Yes. 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 That's the New Testament. That's the New Testament. Here's the heart of God. Are you, do you believe? Yes. Well, if you believe, do whatever it takes to get your mind's eye on the heart and the nature of God and do it yes. no matter what it costs you, whether it costs you your eye or your arm or your hand, or your finances, I don't care what it costs you. You line up with Jesus. He'll bring you from wherever you are to wherever he's going to take you. And that is being a witness. It's not ringing doorbells. It's not handing out tracts. It's not even going missions without the testimony. The testimony is what witnesses. Well, what's your testimony? Well, I once was a heathen. I was in a deep pit. I was in a hole. Where's, where, uh, Jordan, I was, in a, I was in the miry muck, and you picked me out. You sang a new song over me. You began to give me instruction. You began to show me your heart. I began to choose that. When I began to choose your ha heart, things started changing in my life. God doesn't bring change without you. And nine times out of ten, he brings change because you've changed what you're doing. You aligned yourself with him. And because you align yourself with him, you make your way prosperous. Yes? The difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament is relationship. It's not law. Amen. Amen. Let's stand. Father, thank you for the truth of your word. May we see that it's not about 
walking up front in front of a church about asking you into our hearts. Father, that we have to believe that you are who you say you are. Jesus, we have to believe that you're the sacrifice. You're the sacrificial lamb. You took the burdens. You took my shame. You took my guilt. You took my sin. It's at the cross. By your stripes, I am healed. Physically, spiritually, and emotionally. And Father, I just ask you right now that I would begin to change my mind. You, you say we're transformed by the changing of our mind. Will we agree with you? Will we come in alignment with you? Show us today every way that is in competition with you. And you said in your word, by your prophets, by your apostles, that you were going to pour out your spirit in the last day, and that you were going to lead me into all truth. So I pray your kingdom come, your will be done in my life, in the life of the church. I thank you for that. I pray in Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. 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 Thanks for listening to the Eastside Church Podcast. If you have any questions or need more information, visit our website, eastsidechurch.co.